how to adapt a thriller into a movie, what is your favourite toilet reading, and when to give up on paperback. Want to know the answers? Join our discussion about all the trendiest topics on Ink and Quill. Hello, welcome to Book Chat. I'm Shi Yu, and I'm Lincoln. Well, American sci-fi movie Arrival has finally arrived in China. So, in today's program, we're going to talk a little bit about it. So, Lincoln, I know you have watched Arrival. Do you like it? I did. I really enjoyed it. I went to watch it over the weekend.、Um, I found it to be a very one of at least one of the best films of the year, in my opinion. It was, and、uh, I think Justified as well was nominated for Oscar for Best Picture, which came out recently. Yeah, and the Golden Globes as well. Golden Globes as well.、Yeah. The、uh, the director Denis Villeneuve, who、uh, directed Sicario last year, so he's kind of been on a on a roll. He's been building up momentum, and he, yeah,、uh, but he's a little bit artsy, right? Um, you know what's interesting is he has artsy. Kind of leanings, but he directs these really quite thrilling and gripping films as well. Like they have the kind of a, a, you know kind of a knot in your stomach kind、yeah. of intensity to them. That's what I took away from Arrival. But、uh, I was surprised to learn actually that、uh, it was、uh, based on a short story that you are quite familiar with. I don't know what I'm qualified to be called that because I read the story almost two years ago. Anyway, Arrival is based on a short story written by Chinese American sci-fi author Ted Chiang in 1998. So originally titled "The Story of Your Life," this novella focused on a linguistic scientist named Louis Banks who assisted U.S. military in their first contact with an alien race. She wants to understand the purpose of coming to the Earth. So during this process, she starts to understand something, something bigger than herself about time, about her life. So it's not your typical hardcore science fiction, and I think that's probably the reason why "Story of Your Life" was not my favorite Tatchan story, even though it snapped the Nebula Award in 2000. But when I said in the cinema. And after half an hour, it totally blew me away. I I think you're selling the short story a little bit、uh, short, in my opinion. If you can, you know, kind of excuse that,、uh, because I think what it's doing is very, very interesting. It's almost it reminds me of、um, of the South American writer Borges,、mm-hmm. where it's kind of there isn't a strong narrative. The momentum of the story is is kind of fleshed out. You know, by the by the structure of it, that's、yeah. kind of what drives the story forward. Because、uh, if you read the short story, not much happens. Yeah,、uh, in、exactly. fact, you know, and、uh, contrast that with the film. You know, it's very difficult to <laughs> to to watch to sit down for two hours and watch you know something where nothing happens. Yeah, and、uh, and if you, if you contrast the short story with the、uh, film, I think it's actually an excellent adaptation because there's a real sense of. Tension in、mm-hmm. the film, and there's also a real sense of stakes. You know, something、yeah. is at stake here, which you don't necessarily find in the in the short it, story、yeah. because everything is explained to you. And I don't, of course,、uh, I, I do want to give like a, a bit of a spoiler、uh, in terms of this. One of the things I really,、uh, really impressed me about the the story,、uh, the short story at least, is that. It was written in a very interesting tense.、Yeah. So of course, it was it was written in,、uh, in in you know if you've seen the film and if you've seen the、uh, I mean you've read the the book or the the novella, you, you'll know that it has to do with time and time、yeah. being you know kind of circular and everything、mm-hmm. happens and and has happened and is happening at the same time and that that is a kind of a key component of the alien language. Yeah, and it's written in a very interesting tense because he writes it in like a a tense where she's remembering. But also, it, it still has to happen. So she'll start. A, he'll start a sentence with "I remember."、Uh, 
uh, when, and then you'll end the sentence with, and then you will have. Yeah. So it's a very, it's the, it's a very strange uh, way of writing. It's, it's a very, um, you know, it's jarring at first, mm. but then as the as the story picks up momentum, you also realize that those flashbacks to her uh, to her daughter they yeah. pick up momentum as well. Yeah. So it, it's it's a kind of a, a thing where the more she learns the language, the more these memories come flooding back. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I find it was a very interesting device, a very interesting literary device in the story itself. I don't think the movie contradicts the original story, but lots have been changed. You know. Do you remember in the story they have more than one hundred spaceships coming from mm. the alien? Yeah, more than a hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in Arrival, they have only twelve spaceships, and they are scattered to different parts of the world yes. and like different garments. They have various approaches to communicate with those squid-like aliens. But in yeah, this heptapods. one, yeah, 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 heptapods. The novella doesn't have that kind of tension, and mm. they don't. You don't sense the danger looming on the horizon, and in the movie, when they first contact the aliens, they enter into their bizarre-looking spaceship. But in the novella, everything happens in the lab. So for me, the fiction is much more slow-paced and relaxed in some way. And for me, well, uh, well, personally, I think the biggest difference is the absence of another major character, Gary. You know her future husband and fellow scientist, and in the book he actually contributed a lot thanks to his knowledge about physics. But in the movie he's called Ian, and he's such a low-profile individual. You know the whole story is all about Louis Banks. Hmm, that's interesting. I would say that Jeremy Renier, fantastic, uh, one of <laughs> great actor. But um, I, I can I can kind of see that, and to an extent it isn't. It is her story. Yeah. You know, that's the story, you know, the title of the story is the story of your life. Mm. So uh, she, you know, it's on one level, the story of her daughter, but also very much, you know, kind of the story of hers, yeah. how the story is being told. And um, so as such, I think it is good to have most of the focus on on uh, Louise Banks, uh, played by Amy Adams, very, very well, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of understand that. I do want to say that in terms of an adaptation, I think... This is an almost perfect adaptation in the sense that it kind of plays to the strengths and weaknesses of each kind of medium. What makes the book really good is, you know, you're able to use those kind of tenses and you're able to kind of flesh the story out basically from the middle outwards. Yeah. Um, and what makes the movie great is, you know, you can expand the scope. Mm. You can show more. You can... Yeah. Um, you make it to 12, but now there's also this kind of international conflict on the yeah. background that drives the story forward. So you're not kind of just, you know, sitting here. Otherwise, you know, you have a kind of a, a you know, a spotlight effect. I don't know if you ever saw the film Spotlight, yeah, yes. which, is, which is a fantastic book. Mm-hmm. But then you also have the thing where you have a lot of, you know, people kind of sitting around shuffling papers and making phone calls, <laughs> you know, which is which is fine. It's a yeah. good, It's fine. But, you know, you're not taking advantage of the medium as much as you could have. And I think what uh, Denis Villeneuve did here, the director, and as well as uh, the people who adapted the screenplay, I think that's actually the, the real, you know, kind of superstars here for me is the people yeah. who, who looked at this. Let's be fair. There's a lot of kind of science fiction jargon, you know, there's yeah. things, um, you know, a, a seismograph, I think, is that the a seismograph? Is that what they use? The, if you if you can uh, remember the the kind of the alien language, language the written language, as they are. if I'd come to this cold, there's no way I would have been able to even fathom what that means, yeah. you know, and so like for them to be able to adapt that in a visual way yeah. is tremendous. 
tremendous yeah. i would have loved if the the short story even you know had some illustrations give a you know because to a human mind very limited but obviously the author had a very clear idea of what that alien language looked like yeah but do put it in the in the script put those in there make make it easier because <laughs> yeah. it's um it's a it's a very kind of uh abstract thing to even yeah. begin to comprehend especially in kind of you know if you're doing it in short story form because in the novella Ted Chiang doesn't describe that alien language in details and as a reader I had no idea what exactly it looks like yet in arrival they design some inky circles yeah all the, time. the inky circle is pretty, it's pretty good though yeah it's amazing it makes something so abstract visible but anyway there are quite divided reviews about the movie someone regarded as contact our generation's best okay. movie but some complained it being too wishy-washy because when people watch alien invasion movies they expect it as a motion picture but clearly arrival is not the problem with um alien invasion ones is that they often they, they come in two genres you have this kind of arrival um contact is p- yeah. probably the best example of a film like that and then in the other ways you know you, you have kind of a straight up kind of you know action mm-hmm. flick you know you, you're thinking Mars attacks which is probably kind of a more or less a um a parody of the genre of you know kind of aliens attacking earth and we have to fight independence day type yeah. thing and um and to a lesser extent uh, men in black this one is is i think trying to be something a little bit different oh I almost had like a kind of a like a Christopher Nolan-esque vibe in that like you are going into space but you your space is coming to you but you're taking it very seriously yeah and you're trying to hang really large themes like on, interstellar on, like they yeah, yeah on the story which i thought was uh, which i thought was quite unique and uh, very well done in my opinion and it seems like it seems like a, a kind of a trope now that you know every director needs his space movie <laughs> now like it used to be everyone has a war movie yeah. and that's how you make your mark but now it's like well you're not anything until you've gone into space and you've yeah. done that story um <laughs> but Dennis Villeneuve did a great job of pulling great performances from from everyone and hanging it together well the criticism of the movie mm, I, I i don't know i th- i spoke to a friend of mine of course who he also watched it and um one of his concerns was he was very afraid that would be a very kind of uh, black and white portrayal of of China because of course in arrival in the film and this is nowhere to be found in the in, in the, in the story of yeah. course it's not even indicated that you know they in contact with other people yeah a, a major source of tension mm-hmm. is how different kind of countries and geopolitical entities approach Uh, the arrival of yeah. which I think is fantastic. I think it's a yeah. great premise because if that does happen, it's not going to happen in a vacuum, which by and large it does in the short story, you mm-hmm. know. But if, if aliens do arrive, of course, different countries are going to approach it differently, and you know, tensions that exist between yeah. them are going to be exacerbated because now there's this new threat. And as such, I thought that was a really interesting idea, and I want to give fair play to the Chinese authorities because uh, there's quite a, a wide release in 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 China of course because mm. they're not necessarily always depicted positively in the uh, in the film but it's a very nuanced and a very uh, uh, kind of even-handed uh depiction of of China and of the US and the, yeah. the relations with the rest of the world if you if you can remember um China's initially got kind of very hawkish kind of you know still understand offish <laughs> yeah uh towards the it aliens it's very interesting because they you, they said like uh, do you remember like Louis she used like uh, mm-hmm. she tried to depict what they're saying with this ink inky yes. circles yes 
Well, in China, they use mahjong. Have you ever played mahjong before? I've never played it, but I'm I'm familiar with it. It's kind of like chess. You either attack or retreat, and you have no idea what sort of card your opponents have.、Mm-hmm. So I think this kind of communication too that China used in this movie,、uh, to a certain extent. Restrain their understanding about the alien race. However, I'm not very pleased with the way that Louis tells the Chinese general and and how she sees the tension. Why? What? Why doesn't work for that in terms of the story for you? Well, Arrival is a building up story. As Louis knows more about the language, she starts to have all kind of flashbacks. You know, those memories flashbacks they only pop up occasionally. Like she couldn't control them, but in the movie, at that crucial moment when everyone decided to attack those starships, she knows what she should do. The memory. Oh, okay. The, so you gotta、yeah. do do this machine. Yeah. So、you. I think. Oh,、well, I understand. They add that part for the sake of being dramatic to help the audience understand. But personally, I think it's overdone, and I'm not very fond about that aspect. Okay, fair enough. I,、um, you know, at that point in time, the kind of emotional tension is so heightened for me that it was kind of like, well, I have to this、uh, let this slide. But I was also going to say a really interesting depiction, both of the Chinese military and their kind of and their the way they would likely behave according to the the screenwriters, but also, really, you know, not necessarily a positive depiction of the American military. Yeah.、Um, kind of this big bureaucratic machine that doesn't quite. They have like a really neutral attitude about. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's you know it's fair play. It's dead、yeah. on. You know, everyone comes off、um, equally as good and equally as bad. Yeah. As you would expect them, as you would expect them to. Yeah.、Uh, in in various ways, but、uh, in terms of.、Uh, In terms of this story, the story of your life. Now, I'm not familiar with、uh, the author's other short stories, and of、mm-hmm. course, this is part of、um, part of, of a lot his collections. Of, of a collection.、Uh, where does this story fit in、uh, relative to his other work, though? You have you've read it, of course. Well, before that, we need to talk a little bit about the background of this author. So Ted Chiang graduated from Brown University, and he got a degree in computer science. But he also spent five years studying linguistics. So I think that's why he could produce something like story, the story of your life. And it's it's really difficult to describe what kind of writer he is. Although he has started writing since 1989, but so far he. Only produced fifteen short stories, so he's not your typical prolific、okay. you know, sci-fi writer. And almost every work of his is full of human touch. He always trying to find out what does it mean for being human.、Mm. And I love his craft, carefulness, and his obsession with logic and philosophic ideas. I remember in one of his interviews, he said he doesn't like rush things. He could spend years to write one story as to provide an understandable, clear explanation. Very interesting. That's a very,、um, uh, very scientific approach to、yeah. writing, kind of putting all the blocks together, making sure、yeah. that the logic, as opposed to someone who might just kind of write and. Yeah, and I think story of your life is no doubt beyond its age. Like I said before, it was written in nineteen nineteen ninety eight when alien related stories were almost all about interstellar conflicts. It still is today. You know, there are so many books and movies about first contact, but they just wave away the communication. But they just wave away the communication part. Yeah, we just assume we could understand aliens. We could understand the language of aliens by some sort of 
technologies or magic even. So in that case, Ted Chan didn't oversimplify the sci-fi premises. Okay. For the sake of the story, I'm reminded of Independence Day, uh, kind mm-hmm. of kind of touchstone for if you're of a certain age. That's yeah. kind of the, the big alien invasion movie. Um, I think if you were a generation earlier, it would be like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And then it yeah. goes back and back. Independence Day, for example, has a, a famous scene where, uh, where they actually put a, a floppy disk they upload a virus onto <laughs> oh, yeah, the uh, I that one. Uh, upload a virus onto the alien spaceship and saying, like, "Mate, you can't even you know copy your Android stuff over to your Apple stuff." So these <laughs> they were able to move across species in terms yeah. of um, in terms of an OS. So it it is worth saying it's a it's a it's it's a it's a side of that story that gets glossed over because necessarily you have to um, you have to do so for the sake of the of the story mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of doubling down on, on communication there on language and very postmodern story this because it's also kind of like the nature of telling stories you yeah. know like the how does that how does that work and I have, I have that very much that feeling when I read this though there's these you know it's a story of her life but it's also kind of I feel like there's also a bit of a meta narrative of like kind of how do stories fit together you yeah. know from the outside in if you were writing mm. you know everything is happening but it's not happened but it's always going to happen so I think that's also very well done by the author and I, I finished this book and I kind of knowing exactly what happens mm-hmm. and I kind of put it away and I think oh that's that was incredible as a piece standalone piece of work I do want to touch on the daughter yeah I think there was uh, there's been some changes in the in the it, film exactly. to, in the in the film the, the daughter dies um uh, she climbs a mountain and no 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 sorry in the in the book she climbs a mountain and, yeah. and it's implied that she dies uh due to like a, a climbing An accident, accident. Yeah. but in in the film she dies of in her, cancer of can- in her teenage years yeah so in many ways the daughter much more flat much more fleshed out in in the story in the short yeah. story than in the uh, in the film, and uh, I was wondering, maybe you have an opinion on on why that happened, why that was actually, uh, what why that choice was made. What you said actually brought up to my attention the difference between the novella and the movie. And um, do you remember in 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 the very beginning of the movie, we have already know what's happened to the daughter. It happens yes. in really quick. Really like quick it tells yes. the story of the mother daughter relationship like in five minutes. Then we have Louis alone in the house in the universities. So naturally, as audiences, we thought, okay, this is the what happened to the mother in grief and what happened to her after the death of the daughter. So as the movie goes on, we realize it's not really that case, but still we have this kind of premises in our mind. The, I the, think, I the think sense of fate, the sense of time yeah. in the very beginning. But in the book, that huge revelation comes really late, which makes the ending probably not that powerful. Yeah, but also it's not made apparent in the uh, kind of on a surface level. You can read the um, the short story. Yeah. And not realize that the gift that actually was given to her was the gift of this language. Like there's a there's a much more like a, a kind of a flat reading of it. Yeah. Whereas in the film, made much more explicit to you, to its credit, I think, mm-hmm. and also made much more um, made to be a much more difficult situation in that uh, she you know she has the flashbacks, she has the dreams. Yeah. Uh, this one particular sc- <laughs> one particular scene, which in retrospect is a, uh, looks actually really silly, but um, it's, it's fine. Is when you know she's talking to uh, to Ian, and then he turns into a heptapod. Oh which yeah, is a, which is a very which is a very hokey kind yeah. of like a cheap horror <laughs> trick, but yeah. but it is it's very it's very useful. It, it shows you how her mind is changing as the mo- yeah. as the 
as the the film is moving along and that's why i said why it's such a good adaptation because it's placed to the strengths of the medium you know you yeah. can show that gradual change and the jump cuts and stuff yeah. like that whereas in the book it's maybe a bit more difficult because to do. Because there's different mediums, I suppose. I, 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 and I completely agree. And I, one is not better or, or worse than the other. I think in the book, for example, something that the that the film can't get across is the kind of the, the subtlety with which that that change happens. You know, as she's learning the language, yeah. and you see how quickly the flashbacks start coming. By the end of the story, it's basically one paragraph uh, her learning and one paragraph the flashback yeah so whereas at the beginning of the book it was you know a bunch of paragraphs of her learning the language and then mm -hmm. maybe a little flashback and so yeah but those things become much more entangled and enmeshed yeah. as the story progresses and i think that's something that was actually very well done uh, just about the daughter quickly i thought that was an interesting thing because the daughter much more fleshed out mm -hmm. uh, she gets to the age of about 25 there's all these kind of lovely anecdotes of her growing up yeah and um that's kind of you know, kind of taken away from the film probably for for sake of running time you know she doesn't really have to be as fleshed out a character I in think the it's film it's kind of really clever especially in one of the flashbacks when louis stands in front of her daughter and suddenly realizes why her husband left her and she says to the daughter i made a mistake i told your father something unstoppable then the kid said am i unstoppable and she said yes she is it's really yeah but i, I was going to ask you this question in the book, this is made much more. Um, this is belabored much more. Is actually much you know, yeah. it's, it's something that's uh, kind of spoken about much more. The idea that did Louise have a choice? How you know, kind of the illusion of free will. Mm -hmm. In terms and 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 the what they use is they uh, what the author uses. He he um, actually he puts he, it he puts it into object. He talks about the book of time or the book of ages. Yeah, and uh, and to me, I think. In the film, that's that's kind of you know it's the inevitability. The inevitability of it is emphasized. It was, she, she was always going to do that. Whereas in the book, that's not necessarily the case. There's not you know, there was kind of a there was kind of a choice. There was a there was bit, she, a bit she, more gray area around it. I, I think in the book, she always want to change. She want to change the the path of the fate. Being an overprotective mother, I, I think. She being, you know, an overprotective mother kind of drives her daughter away and make the daughter wants to seek adventure and eventually come climb that mountain. Well, I mean, in the, in the, in the book, that moment of choice, is, it, it starts and it closes uh, the story. You know, the mm -hmm. moments where she decides, yes, they're going to, uh, to, to make a baby. But... Um, that moment, you know, it's kind of much more emphasized. Yeah. Whereas the, the story is much more... Uh, about the um, let me say it like this in the film the film leads up to that moment mm -hmm. whereas I feel like the book happens between those two moments yeah. if, you, if you know it's, what I mean yeah, exactly. so I think that's I think that's one of the the, the key differences between the uh, short story mm -hmm. uh, and the film and uh, as such I think is what makes both equally good so if you have to choose between them, which one will you recommend to our listeners? I would absolutely recommend both. But if you could only, if you live in some sort of weird scenario where you only have enough time or you only have the inclination uh, to pick one, I'd say pick the film. I think you'll, uh, you'll have a, as good of an idea as of some of the themes and uh, you'll also have a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. But if you have time, watch the movie and read the yeah, film. Yeah, of course. If you have yeah. the time, yeah. Okay, thank you so much for your insight. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye.